This is Miller's Edge on Tide Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is the Miller's Edge. Yes, 1230 a.m. WTBC as well. You can tune us in each and every single day on your dial, on your smartphone, on your iPad. And then don't forget to download that free app. 100.9 is a free app. Leave your thoughts, comments, questions right there. Noah Haynes always does a wonderful job, magnificent job of getting those things read for you. And, of course, a big week as we're looking forward to the Michigan-Alabama Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. It's going to be a wonderful game. Alabama arrived on yesterday afternoon Pacific time. Got in a good practice. Uh, yo, that's kind of par for the course. You know, get those those uh, legs moving around, get the blood flowing, that type of thing. Got a good practice in on yesterday because they will have many obligations throughout the week uh, for the Rose Bowl. Both teams will do just that. They will have a press conference. So we'll get into all of that, what that means for the team. The mindset, we talked about that on yesterday a little bit. For Alabama, you know, Christian has been out to many, many practices leading up uh, to their departure to California. And so what we're going to talk about is, again, that mindset. Because, again, I think the mindset will be the thing uh, that's going to be the difference maker in this ball game. It's not about physicality, although we're going to preach physicality. We're going to talk about playing hard and fast. Yes. But it starts up top with the mind. And we're going to talk more about that and how all of these different things that's going to have to get done because it's just what bowls are going to require. We're going to get into all of that stuff as well. We'll also look at Texas and Washington a little bit today. Steve Sarkeesian getting the Longhorns in the college football playoffs. We are very familiar with that team, right? Week two. Uh, does uh, everybody understand? I think I'm sure you do. Uh, we'll get into some of that. They take on Washington uh, and that game, what that means in New Orleans and the Sugar Bowl. Uh, they play after the tie, so they will already know who they're going to play. When that game starts, we'll get into some of that because, you know, this is a game that for Texas, if they can get it done, they win. They go back to their states. I mean, Austin is only probably an hour and a half, 90 minutes, two hours at the most where the national championship game is going to be played. So if you Texas, if you see Sarkeesian, you go, hey, we get this dub, we basically get in a home game for the Natty. So we'll get into some of that, what that means, and Alabama Tech, which I think is going to be the rematch. We'll talk some about that. And we'll hear from you and uh, what you think about the game. How are you feeling? Uh, you have the Christmas break and all of that stuff. So we'll get into that conversation with you. 205-342-9904 is the number for the program. Again, don't forget to download the free app. Corey Miller, the pastor, Payne here with you. Christian Miller uh, in studio in Tuscaloosa. Noah Haynes. Yep. Uh, Justin Jones. Uh, so we got you covered here for the next hour right here on the Tide. So we're getting to some of that. Now, that being said, before I go to Tuscaloosa, I throw a little question. I Man, it's what we do, right? This is what we do when we talk sports talk radio. Sometimes you just, you know, you, you like volleyball. You, you know, you lob something out there and hopefully the folks will get it and, and, and it'll be intriguing and it'll make them think and, and uh, they'll call in or respond via the web. Well, here's your question. Nick Saban has seven 
Seven is a number four completion, by the way. He has seven national championships. Six here at the University of Alabama. One at LSU. Bear Bryant, who's the coach that everybody uh, kind of compare or say, you know, the greatest, maybe, to Nick Saban, that type of thing. But here's my question. If Nick Saban can win eight more quarters, win a national championship, he has eight natties. Eight, uh, yeah, eight natties. Seven natties at Alabama. When you're, however old he is, I forget what it is, 71, 70, 71, something like that. Yep. If you leave now in the clubhouse at seven natties at Alabama, all-time national championship winning coach, you got eight total national championships. You win in a year where nobody expected you to win. The million-dollar question is, will Nick Saban say, it's been great, guys, it's been wonderful, it's been lovely, I got this nice $17 million house on the golf course down there with Tiger Woods and JT and everybody else, I got a Mercedes dealership, I got Ferraris, I got helicopters, now is the time that I can go enjoy my life being a grandfather being a husband to Miss Terry and do what I want to do. Maybe some TV. If, if they get the dub, that is the question. Will Nick Saban retire? Will he say Syrah Naira to college football as a coach if he can win the Natty? So all of that you got to think about. 205-342-9904 is number program. Let's go down to Tuscaloosa. Fine, fine, nice studios right there off Skyland Boulevard. Christian Miller, Noah, and the guys. What's up, guys? I know you love that question. I know your mind is just running right now because that is such a serious question. No. Big fat no. I mean, it doesn't even take long to answer that question. I know it's fun for everybody listening, so that's great. I'll let you guys listen and ponder that and call in, even though we all know the answer is no. I mean, and you answered your own question. You said to do what he wants to do, which, look, what he wants to do is coach. I mean, he said that time after time. And I know you know this. I know you're just having fun with this. But <clears throat> for anybody that that does wonder that question, the answer is no. Uh, he wants to be a part of a team. He enjoys being a part of a team. No. Uh, his whole <laughs> – exactly. That's, that's the best way to answer right there. No, I mean, everything about Coach Saban revolves around football, being a, a part of a team, you know, the development of young men, uh, not just as football players, but character development, you know, so on and, on and off the field. There's so many things that go into it. I mean, look at it. I mean, the guy could have clearly gone back to the pros. I know we look at it, how his pro uh, tenure went. But, look, I mean, he likes college football, even with all the, you know, circus uh, stuff going on. You know, he loves college football. He loves, you know, recruiting guys, developing guys. I mean, you hear him talk about the stories about you know, his first time going on the home visits. He lives for it, right? And honestly, I mean, he, like he said, he's going to do it until he feels that he's running the program down. And clearly he's not even close to running the program down because he looked he look at the coaching job he had this season, turning this football team uh, that lacked an identity early on, had a new quarterback, had to go find a new coordinator, young coordinator that is coming from Notre Dame, a guy, um, you know, who wasn't necessarily proven just yet. And the turnaround that they've had, after suffering that loss, which again, I mean, that, that, they were at a crossroads. We talked about that early on in the season. They were at a crossroads after that loss. Could have gone one of two ways. We thought it almost started going the, the other way because the, the follow up performance against USF where things did not look very pretty, right? But then after that, it's been upward from there. And they, they, other than the only, I guess maybe, maybe Auburn, right? But besides that, each week, this team has improved. They've gotten better and better. You look at uh, his ability to continue to recruit well. I mean, he's number two, I think, with this recruiting class. I care less about class ranks, but if you want to throw that in there, that just for proof that he can continue to recruit, even with all these coaches using the the greatest tool against him in recruiting, that and that is, well, don't sign with Alabama. You don't know how long he's going to be there. Well, they've been saying that for the past seven, eight years now, and he's still here. And so, look, so I just checked off. He still can coach. He still can recruit. Uh, he's able to acquire guys in the transfer portal. He's able to keep up with NIL, right? So to answer your question, I, that's a long-winded way of saying no, a big fat no. 
at least for me, I'd still love to hear what the, the listeners think. I mean, maybe you guys think otherwise, but uh, not to be a tool or anything, but I think I know the guy pretty well. I've been around him for a long time playing, and I'm still around him to this day. Yeah, it's it's a no. He's not. Now, that, that, that it makes sense, though, right? I mean, because the question you're asking, you know, if he wins that national championship, yeah, that puts him at eight total, seven here at Alabama, surpassing Bear Bryant, I believe, all that good stuff. However, I don't think it's ever been about those numbers for him, right? Obviously, he's very proud of himself. I'm sure his family is extremely proud of everything that he's accomplished and continues to accomplish. Uh, but knowing how he works, he just how he preaches to us players, you know, don't pay attention to the scoreboard, be process-oriented. I don't think it's any different for him in, in, in this situation, right? I think he's very process-oriented. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he's very aware of the championships that he's won, but I guarantee you he's also familiar with the championships that he's lost, and I guarantee you he thinks about the championships that he can win in the future, right? So with that being said, big fat no for me. Um, I'd rather just nip that in the bud. Definitely let the callers uh, <laughs> have fun with that. But... I wouldn't mind uh, going back and talking some more Alabama mission because we are getting close. You know, things really are starting to kind of get very real, you know, for this game, this matchup. And um, I know we've talked about it a good bit, but um, definitely definitely got some good stuff on that because uh, yeah. the more I look at it, the more I'm starting to kind of look at key matchups that I think that could be, you know, uh, critical in this game that, that could go both ways. And uh, definitely wouldn't mind talking about that. But then also um, – uh, breaking down a little bit of, of Texas, Texas and Washington, I think that'll be good because I'm with you in, in terms of I think it probably will be an Alabama-Texas rematch for the national championship. Obviously, I think that's what everybody wants. I mean, you talk about you know viewership and ratings. I mean, I'd imagine it'd be through the roof uh, to have a rematch there. So I think that'd be really cool. Plus, given all the history, you know, the whole you know backstory with the whole Colt McCoy injury and in that championship game, Texas fans still upset about that. So. I think we're we're in shape for a really exciting college football playoff, and I'll be honest, I think this is a, a really good one. I mean, you got you know Texas, a, a, a program you know that that's had some you know good good some good history, right? They're kind of becoming relevant again. You got a team like Washington uh, in it again. I mean, last time I, didn't I play Washington in the playoffs, and we we that beat the, the crap out of them in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, right. this is a little bit different, Washington. That, that Washington. Yeah, both that, Scarborough had a magnificent football game. That yeah, day. we'll that. get him on and talk about that game. He did have a hell of a performance. Ryan Anderson, I'm pretty sure, had uh, that pick six off that screen. We'll have to get him on here to talk about that. And then Ruben was just a nightmare. I remember he uh, – <laughs> I can't even say what he was saying, but he was he was going all at uh, Washington and those guys. Was it Jake? I think Jake Browning was their quarterback. I think he was filling in for Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. I don't. Know. Anyway, I, I like this playoff. I like the table that's set, and I'm excited. I'm excited. Now I don't know if you saw this, but also real quick, and I'll pass it back to you. That's uh, Florida State, Georgia. I mean, they can. Brock Bowers, I don't think, is with Georgia right now. Miami, I don't know if he's going to show up at some point. They got two. Sure. They got two players that. <clears throat> Uh, starters that uh, I think they're there. They're just not going to play. Yeah, I mean, what I was getting at is Who knows? I mean, more and more guys <laughs> just not showing up. Just reiterating that. I mean, I hate to say this, but I mean that that Florida State uh, Georgia matchup. I mean, it is, I don't even think I care about the outcome anymore. I remember initially I was saying I thought it'd be fun to watch. I don't think I care anymore. I mean, it's really going to be like a spring game. Because it looks like, I mean, I hate to say this, but just a bunch of freshmen and, and, and guys that are young getting opportunities, which is great for them. But as a fan, like myself, in terms of I'm, you know, I'm just watching that game, I don't really care about either of the teams. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'll have an interest in watching that. But mm-hmm. So I think that goes long, long story short. I think that proves your point of, you know, these games just unfortunately are really not yeah, becoming. I, mean, I, saw, I saw where Barrett's lead. Oh, no, no, it was Matt Barry, a uh, friend of mine I used to work with here in Columbia before he's, you know, big time now with ESPN and all that good stuff. But he was like, why are people are saying these games are meaningless? So I'm like, this is why. Like, you know, when I spoke with so-and-so coach at the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and he was saying it's such a great bowl. Mac, Mac Brown of North Carolina, I think they played tonight as well. I spoke to him at the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and he just talked about how this is such a great opportunity, you know, for the younger players to play. Yeah, I get all that. They're meaningless because they have no meaning to the, the commoner, the fan that just loves college football. Because a lot of the stars, the big time players are opting out or they're the transfer portal or nobody cares now. The game is not the same. It's not your typical Florida State, Georgia. 
right? Because so many great players are out. I mean, so therefore, when you look at it from the broad lenses, they're meaningless. Now, he's right. Young players get a chance to play, and, and if I was a freshman and get a chance to start in the Orange Bowl, heck, I don't give a crap. I'm playing. And their families and everybody else, yeah, that means something to them. But for the broad uh, college football fan, I think they have just definitely become meaningless. Now, that being said, I watched some good games yesterday. Texas State, UNLV was wonderful last night. Great game. I just like football. Now, let's do this. Let's take some calls in the first portion. 205-342-9904. We're going to do that. Let's go to Mobile. I love Mobile. I've spent vacation down there, Orange Beach. I've been Orange Beach. I've been to Florida, you know, Mobile. They Don't they have a little Mardi Gras? They said it was the first Mardi Gras somebody told me when I was there. I don't know. That's what they said. Robert, good morning, brother. How you doing? Hey, uh, according to us, we invented Mardi Gras, so yeah. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> you know, so that's how we tell it, so there you go. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, you, you, I'm sure you all remember old Joe Pa, Joe Paterno back in the day. Oh, yeah. You, know, oh, yeah. you remember him, right? Yeah. See, when he was 72, does anybody remember all the uh, talk about him retiring, or the media constantly talking about him retiring? Now, when he was eighty-two, that was that was pretty big talk. Yeah. But when he was seventy-two, I don't remember the media constantly trying to get him to retire. Uh, you know, the way they're constantly picking on Saban. It, it, it just seemed to be a difference there. It's kind of amazing how the script has been flipped. You know, earlier after the uh, USF game. It was uh, Saban lost a step, and say, and he lost his fastball, and he's and he's, 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 not, he's not the same anymore. And here we are now. It's well, you know, if Saban wins this one. Uh, what's he got left to prove? <laughs> Why <Well>, he retired <laughs> from there? <laughs> it's like okay, if he loses, you want him to retire. If he wins, you want him to retire. There seems to be a common theme there. You know, I'm an engineer by trade. I get to I, have, I get to pick a determine trends. I see yeah. a trend there. <laughs> uh, I do too. I mean, that's why I say this because we know that people want Saban done, right? I mean, they are they are living for the day that he says I'm finished and I'm going to, you know, finish my life with Miss Terry, and my grandkids. That those words would be music to many, many ears. But that's why I threw it out there. I mean, you know, you don't think though. I mean, we know Joe Pa was Joe Pa, but he wasn't Nick Saban. Right, and, and but he had, he didn't accomplish what Nick Saban has accomplished. So if you get eight national championships, you're not a leader of the clubhouse at Alabama overall. You, you don't think that maybe Miss Terry might say, "Hey, you know what? We want you home. We want you know." Oh, I'm sure she's been saying that for. I'm sure she's been saying that for. Well, I think she. I don't think she says it anymore. Maybe a, a, a few years ago, maybe she was saying it. But I mm -hmm. think she's like Corey. I, I mean, Christian. Uh, it's. Uh, you know, if he retires, he, he, the ticker might give out because <laughs> he lives for the because yeah. he lives for the sport so much. Is uh, is like he won't. The, I think the heart won't be able to take him not playing. I mean, not coaching. So it's yeah. uh, you know, I think with Nick Saban, it's life and death. Hey, if I retire, like Bear Bryant and Joe Bar too. You know, if both of those guys retired, that's it wasn't much long after that. <laughs> so so right. I, you know, I think I think that's the curse that uh, he has. That Nick Saban has to endure. Is from great. You'll be the greatest of all time, but the minute you quit, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a fair question, guys, right? Because, you know, Chris is talking about how well he knows, you know, Nick Saban. He does, but we know how much he absolutely loves the game of football. He loves college football. He loves Alabama. Um, and quitting, you know, would be just like, wow, what, what would he do? Like, do we know what we know he plays golf? What else does Nick Saban love to do? I mean, he's been doing some more TV. You know, he makes a weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show. I mean, he's great at it. But I, I just, I don't think that's really, truly what he wants to do. I mean, he might, maybe when he truly can't coach anymore for whatever reason that is, he feels like he can't give it his all, whatever. I think he will be phenomenal doing TV. But I don't, I, his heart is clearly in coaching. Like, that's his passion. I'm, I'm telling you, like, he is wired to coach. I mean, that's why when they ask him one of his questions, what do you like doing off the field when you like, he'll say, you know, spend time with his kids, he'll do a little bit of this, he might golf here and there, but it's really just 
just filling the gaps until he's back to coaching. <laughs> like this guy is driven, man. I mean, and, and his his life has just been about coaching since he was young, man. He's been doing it for years, and he's he's damn good at it. So I, I don't see him slowing down because as much as I'm around him, I mean, he he's walking around well, moving well. I mean, I think he's got a lot of a lot of gas left in the tank, if you ask me. And I understand, you know, college football and all the fans that hate Alabama wanting him to retire. I mean, the guy is. Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine of college football. He, he runs the evil. He runs the evil empire. We enjoy the evil empire, but but the rest of the folks don't. So I understand. I completely understand. You know, like Michael, Mike, Michael Jordan back in the day. How many uh, fantastic, all-time legendary NFL, NBA players would have championships if not for Michael Jordan? So that's how Nick Saban is. You know, he's cost Georgia at least four. <laughs> Clemson, Clemson, a couple. You know, yeah, a few other teams, a couple. So yeah, they all want him out. But it's just all right, guys. Yeah, okay, this is a new team. Okay, if he wants another one, he retire. But I don't see it anytime soon. Well, at least not in the next five years for certain. All right, guys. Well, I think he, I just think uh, you know, Robert, he has a great opportunity uh, to get another one this year. I think with, with the four teams that. That are there. I know people would have to say Texas would be ahead of them because they beat Alabama at home. But if, if we're honest, we all know that week two team versus whatever week we're in right now, they're not the same team. <laughs> so, and, and I think this is going to be, you know, this is this is a team that's, you know, definitely the trajectory is in the right direction. And and uh, I think Nick has a great chance to uh I uh, won another national championship. Robert, thank you. We're out here break, man. Thanks. Right, Be well down in Mobile, brother. The home of the Mardi Gras. The home of the Mardi Gras. All right, quick time out. Pat, we see you. Max, we see you. KJ, we see you, man. We got loaded up. 205-342-9904. Stay right there. More of your calls as we look at Michigan, Alabama, and the granddaddy of the mall. We'll talk more about that, plus Texas and Washington in Nolans. We'll get into some of that as well here in the program. Christian Miller, Noah Haynes, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain. This is The Miller's Edge. Back in a moment. Are you tired of your shoes just not fitting? Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly sunny skies through the afternoon hour today. It'll be mild with an afternoon high of 56. Tonight, expect mostly cloudy skies. Maybe a slight chance for shower. The overnight low near 31. Then for your Thursday, a sunny storm. The clouds thicken during the day. Look for colder temperatures with a high of 42. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 48 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. And welcome back to the Miller's Edge here on the Tide 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC. Corey Miller, Christian Miller, Noah Haynes hanging out here with you till 1 o'clock. Uh, well, 12 o'clock your time, one here on the East Coast, Eastern time, that is. Uh, college football bowl games are in action beginning in a few hours. Then you take Tulane. They play at 2 o'clock on the Full Leather Network. North Carolina will take on West Virginia, Louisville, and Southern California. Boy, a lot of stuff happening there. And then the first SEC bowl game will start today. The Aggies of A&M minus Jimbo Fisher. They play today against Oklahoma State. So there's a list of bowl games happening on Today, I don't, don't know about you, but I love checking them out. 205-342-9904 is the number for the program. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Max, thanks for holding. Welcome in. Hey, guys. How's it going, man? Hope you're doing well. Doing Good, great. Uh, Corey, to your question about Coach Saban, um, I see that I, I'm a Bama fan from old, way before Saban. I'm not a Saban Bama fan. I, obviously, I love him. But um, I'm 43 years old, so I've been watching this team for a long time. And I heard growing up um, my dad talking about all the, the championships that Bryant won. And so I had to wait my turn for a long time. And, and the great coach Stalling won one, 92. And that's probably my favorite team. But um, I've seen that, that, that Saban 
this team has re energized him, man. Um, I really do see he's got a little more pep in his step because he saw a project at work, and everybody talks about how this team is not as talented as some of the other teams. I disagree with that. If you look at the blue chip ratio, um, with Josh Pate talked about it uh, before the season started, the, our blue chip ratio is way above everybody else's. If you take Alabama's transfers that happened before the season started and leave everybody else's, we're still way above them in blue chip ratio. He just knew he had a project in front of him he had to finish, and it's re-energized him. And uh, it's put a twin turbo on that dang uh, Lamborghini he's got, buddy. Uh, that guy ain't going nowhere. That guy ain't going nowhere. And, uh, do y'all know who Taylor DeWan is? Of course you do. I, I, yeah, I'm getting I do. Michigan did, did you guy. hear what he said? I've been listening to some of his nonsense, I should say. Yeah, well, tell her the one. Bama OTA 316 says, we're about to whoop your damn ass. Roll tight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm Uh, with you. I mean, Max is right. I mean... Taylor Wan has been saying, have you heard some of this stuff, Christian? You should go listen to it, but it's kind of... Yeah, I I, I think I heard like one thing. I think he just was saying that pretty much as Michigan was going to to beat us, right? I mean, I don't yeah. remember the specifics. Right, well, just what he said, but it was Yeah, it I says mean, they're better because they got better athletes, says they're tougher. Okay, bring yeah. it, bro. That's I mean, what you need to be telling me right now. It, it's really yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's home Tell to be a one-on-one. Listen, here's, here's the thing real quick. That's good bulletin, bulletin board material. Yeah, though. I mean, you know, rat poison, right? But listen, yep. here's the thing. Alabama just got to be Alabama. And the biggest thing for me was how will they pick back up after the, the delay, after the layoff, after Christmas break, you know, because we, we talked about that, you know, the mind, you know, you get in such a role, you just beat Georgia being number one, you win the championship, you host the trophy, you defeat all the odds, ah, it's definitely late. That all naysayers know well, they did their thing for regular season. Now, this is a new season. Christian probably would, would you know, piggyback this and tell you now this is a two game season. So now you got to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. You got to get things rolling again. You got to play this team, Michigan, who if you look on tape, and I know they studying so much tape. You're gonna say, "Hey, we better, we much better than these guys." I don't care what the national media says. I don't care what Taylor Lewan says. They're saying we're better. We've got better players all across the board. We just got to go play like that. We just got to take and steal every ounce of momentum that they potentially can get. Because that's the thing. The only way Michigan hangs around. If, if Alabama makes mistakes, give them opportunity. The Alabama that we've seen against Tennessee and, and some of those earlier games where they struggled in the half, they changed their mind, they got their mind right. That's, that team will allow Michigan to win the game. But the team that we've seen the last couple of outings, not the Auburn, but definitely the Georgia game and some of those other games, Christian, I think they win. And I, I'm a double digit guy. I told the guy that he looked at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, I think Alabama wins by ditch, whatever that is. I'm, I'm saying upwards of maybe 17. I, I, yeah. I really do see that, dude. I really do see it. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Max. I think this is a team that, uh, you know, they haven't seen. You know, let's look at the conference real quick. Big Ten, you look at Ohio State, their quarterback, he's gone. He's He's gone. He can't even, he couldn't even stay. They don't even want him. They went 11 and 1, lost to Michigan. He's out. He can't move, right? He, he's a, he's a stoic guy in the pocket. They haven't seen a Jalen Milrow. They haven't seen the speed at all these different positions at tight end that Alabama has, that running back, that wide receiver. They haven't seen these types of guys. And the defense ranked high. Tommy, right. Tommy Reese starts trying to figure out how to, to uh-huh. use Milrow and Figured it out. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. we don't. We, we don't. We don't. We don't. <laughs> Listen, Max. As long as we don't make those mistakes and go back, we're gonna be fine. That's all I'm gonna say. And we'll get more in this game. Max, appreciate the phone call. That's good, man. Thank you, brother. Roll tide, buddy. Roll tide. There you go. That's Matt. Max. That's some good stuff right there. I mean, listen. I like Alabama in this game, Christian. One hundred percent. Let's keep it. Let's keep it local. We're a local show. Let's go to Tuscaloosa. Pat, welcome in. Hey man, well, what's up? Have uh, you, you, you got Pat? Yeah, what's going on, Pat? Uh, oh yeah, man, how y'all doing? Uh, first, uh, Christian was a good speed rusher, and they haven't seen the speed at Michigan as a way that our bookends are. That oh, you know, our group of book and and our and our linebackers, they're, they're, and we've got guys that can cover at linebacker. I just don't see. 
oh, this group being able to uh, uh, play at will like it, like what they uh, claim in their team. And, uh, they haven't seen a defense like this. And, hey, and they're going to have a question. Do we spy Milro? Do we not spy Milro? Hey, if they don't spy Milro, we're going to beat them like a yard dog. What do you guys think? <laughs> I like that. I like that analogy. Look, I mean, they're definitely going to have to spy Milro, in my opinion. They got a good front seven. They got a good defensive line. People keep saying they don't think we've faced the defensive line as talented. I disagree. I mean, I look at Texas A&M's defensive line. Hell, they're arguably one of the best Texas. in the country. Texas Probably as best. well. Um, so we've, we've faced some talented defensive lines and, and I think we fared okay. But, and that was also earlier on in the season. I look at where we're at now, the progression that this offensive line has had throughout the course of the season. And to me, I feel confident in them. I, I just go back to this, this Georgia game and look at the physicality that the offensive line played with those duos, those, those combo blocks, those double teams. I mean, they're throwing guys left and right, getting great push, opening up holes. Um, so I think we'll, we'll be fine. And in terms of Jalen Miro's athleticism, they, they just haven't seen a quarterback or a player, in my opinion, uh, with the athleticism of Jalen Miro. So you, you've got to respect them. You know, Georgia did the, the double spy thing. You know, that was new to me. It, it worked early on just because it was probably something new. Again, I don't think many people have, have done that because when you're working with two spies, I mean, again, that's less guys you have in coverage. You only have a, a, a maximum of six guys in coverage, which is basically man free, right? Um, so, it, they could. I don't know if they'll do that, but the thing is, even if you do have a spy, it's not, you know, perfect all the time. Because I used to be the spy. I was a buck in our uh, rabbits package, which was the designated spy. And I, even though my job and responsibility is the quarterback, I mean, I still got to go make the play. And I'm a good athlete, but I'll be honest, Jalen Milrow is a even better athlete than I am. So with all that being said, Pat, I mean, I think there's just a lot of things in this game, but I think his athleticism will be something difficult for that defense, something that they haven't seen yet. And I'm with my dad. I think the biggest thing is, you know, being physical, establishing our run game, and then making those explosive plays when they, they make themselves available, but also don't give them any opportunities. Don't turn the football over, which we've done a nice job. We talked about yesterday, last time, Jalen Miller was throwing an interception, was against Kentucky, so it's been over a month. Um, so he's done a nice job protecting the football. Knock on wood, we haven't really had any balls on the ground from the running backs either, not too many fumbles. So we've done a nice job. And then you look at the other side defensively, we've been a, a, a ball-hawking team. We've done a nice job forcing turnovers. So that's my biggest thing when I look at this this game, Pat. Uh, but in terms of Jalen Milrow, this offensive line, they got a good challenge ahead of them with Michigan's defense, but I think they're more than ready for the challenge. Pat, I'll say this too. I'll add this real quick, Pat. The game is going to come down to the run game, but it's it's not going to be Alabama's run game. It's going to be the run game of Michigan. Yep. Because this is what they live and die by. They live by quorum. They live they they live by number seven who played. Uh, I don't know if you remember Georgia. Those games. He's a he's a home runner. Not a big guy, but he's got great speed. But what you know, Corbin's going to do is hide behind a massive offensive line of Michigan and and then look for cutbacks. I say that to say this, Pat. We talk about the speed. We talk about the outrush, the outside rushing guys, right? But to me, the key will be the inside linebackers. It's going to be the spur, the safety type that they play very disciplined because Alabama is going to be really good on playing run defense on the play side. Right, they know how to change the line of scrimmage. They know how to play on the other side of the offense. So that means the backside. That means the cutback lanes. You know that defensive end. Don't be running up the field and leaving a, a, a big C gap where you can drive an eighteen wheeler through. That means your backside linebacker. That means even sometimes the corner based on the defense. Who are those field players on cutback runs? Because that's where Michigan likes to hit you. They like to think they're playing fast to play side, and Quorum is a sneaky. He's only like 5'9", he hides, and he cuts back. But to me, the inside, the, the play of the inside linebackers is going to be crucial in this game and getting him on the ground. If, in fact, Alabama stops this run game, because I don't think J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback of Michigan and the receivers, that can beat them throwing down the field. I think if Alabama stops the running game, Alabama wins this game very easily. I agree real quick. I mean, yeah. you look at Zach Zinter, the, the offensive lineman for Michigan. He's our best player, uh, all-American type guy, going to be a high draft pick. I mean, he's out uh, with injury. They've had to do some shuffling on their offensive line. They moved the tackle inside to kind of replace him. So you got a backup in that tackle. Obviously, we've got the best 
outside linebacker, edge rusher tandem in the country. I, pass rush wise, I, I mean, I, I think we're going to cause fits for them. They've had some some struggles in their pass protection, but in terms of like you just are mentioning, I, I was going to mention that too. They do like to do some some sweeps, uh, some perimeter type runs. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that because Alabama has kind of struggled with those perimeter type plays uh, throughout the season at times. And when you talk about our defensive line, I think we've been doing a really good job, especially towards the end of the season, playing with good knockback. Just got to do a better job getting off blocks and, and whatnot. But I agree with you. I think the linebackers and, you know, safeties, Caleb Downs, Malachi Moore, those type of guys, it's good. they're going to be critical in this running game in terms of coming down, you know, being aggressive. You know, when they see it's run, they, they've got to commit. they got to come down. they got to help out and run support and make those plays uh, when they present themselves. Because if you go look at the Georgia tape, well, let's go back one more week. You look at Auburn, right? Yes, they out physical us, but also a lot of those plays, you got to, the run fits by linebackers were off. The the safeties weren't necessarily pursuing and coming down uh, with the the proper aggressive angles that they needed to, right? Then you fast forward to Georgia, go back and watch that tape, Pat. You'll see a much different defense. Guys were flying around. That's why. Why do you think Caleb Downs, Malachi Moore, those guys are making a lot of plays? They were committing to the run, and Alabama also was calling a little bit more of aggressive a defense. That being said. If you take that style of play in this Michigan game that we saw uh, versus Georgia and you stop the run, Michigan's going to have a hard time because they're not the best passing team. And then you throw into the equation that our pass rushers going against this offensive line, I think they can start teeing off on those guys and they can really cause some issues for Michigan. But, um, again, it's going to be depending on how we play. Now, if we go in there and play kind of how we did against Auburn, it can be a long day. Now, if we come out there aggressive and headhunt and have a bunch of guys flying to the ball, I can see this kind of getting ugly for Michigan, but that's just me. Sorry, Pat. We kind of we kind of went off on a rant, but there's just a lot of yeah. <laughs> lot well, of stuff to I, talk about. Right. I'm just I'm just hoping that we can maintain containment on these lanes and stuff, and that uh, we don't over. I mean, you can do be over aggressive yeah. and it foul you up too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, and that quarterback right, yeah. is a sneaky athlete as well. He he can run the ball a little bit, J.J. McCarthy. No, he's, he can run. Yeah, yeah, you can't sleep on him. But I think your question is what you said is right, Pat. I mean, I think, you know, Alabama just got to play their brand, their style. Don't get outside themselves. And sometimes players, I can tell you this from two former players, it's easy sometimes to try in these types of games to try to do more than you're supposed to do, right? Try to make that big play when it's not – there for you to make that big play and you get in trouble. So I, I know Nick Saban, a guy that's been in all these natties and big time games and semifinals. He understands how to say the right things and, 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 and getting these guys ready to play. So I think they'll be okay there, but what a great opportunity, right? Nobody would, would have thought that this team, Alabama, when with these players and no quarterback in the beginning, that they'll be sitting here in the, in the final four to win a national championship. That's pretty impressive.
finest programs in college football history collide. Jada Lucky's got the wide open 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. It's Saban versus Harbaugh. It's the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Michigan Wolverines in the college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl. Our coverage starts at 1 this Monday on your home for Alabama football. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. And we're back here at Mills Edge on a Wednesday hump day. No uh, rush around SEC today. We're going to focus more on Alabama and Michigan. Again, uh, the game behind them that will precede that game will be the Sugar Bowl where Washington will take on Texas. That should be a fun game to watch as well. 205-342-9904. We're going to keep it hot on the line today. Let's go down to, uh, let's, let's take it to I-20, Christian. Go down to one of my favorite cities, the ATL Hot Atlanta, and speak with KJ. KJ, what's up, my friend? What's going on, guys? Hey, what's I was what's calling brother? from a, um, a Will Chamberlain comment yesterday, man. I think we need to, I think we need to go <laughs> ahead and get a, a banner. Uh, Christian, can I be a campaign manager? Oh, uh, 2024, 2024, Christian Miller. <laughs> oh, Lord. 2024, Christian Miller for what? For president. president. What president. do you mean? You have the, you got the perfect, you got every, everybody good. Nobody make, like, you got the perfect politician set up. <laughs> he is. He's great, man. You know, you know what's funny, KJ, is that, uh, well, for two reasons. They used to play around and call me Barack. In, uh, at Alabama, no, yeah, because they they said I kind of, I mean, I obviously don't really look like them, but you know, I'm mixed. Brock's mixed. And then uh, they're like, you know, you speak well, you know, you carry yourself all, you know, you give all those politically correct answers. You, you try to exactly. make every, yeah, you know. So yeah, I'm not mad at him, KJ. I've heard it before. My teammates used to play around and say that kind of stuff. So I, yeah, I'll take. Were, it. I, I just I, that's too much stress for me, man. I, I, you yeah. wasn't telling the truth yesterday. So Corey, I'm gonna talk to you. This is what I did. I looked on. She's not going to tell you this, but this is what I did. I went on Instagram, and I went on the Alabama page, and I just went down the line looking at all the players' stories. I right. kid you not. Every single player had the location, Los Angeles, in their story. Christian's <laughs> <laughs> laughing because he knows what that means. He knows what that means. What do you mean? They're just doing that because they like geography. They're, they're going There's to a, a new place. Oh, my God. That's such That's a bad answer. That's a political answer. That's so wrong. They wouldn't be trying. They wouldn't be trying to to let all the women in the area know their location. Man, and reach out. Yeah. Hey, There's bro. no way they're Listen, doing nobody that. Nobody out there eats red meat. Matter of fact, I need to move there since my last medical diagnosis. <laughs> I can't. Bro. I'm gonna eat fish tacos. For <laughs> I mean, listen, listen, all the girls eat hey, fish tacos and they roll Corey, skate. I'm you. Yeah. Come on. Corey, that's the back call. That's the back call. Anytime any professional athlete is in the area, they always put their location. That's the back call. I'm in your city. Pull up. I don't, hey, I don't know what you're talking about, KJ. Uh, I don't location. know what you're talking about. I, I've, never, I've never seen that before, KJ. <laughs> I've never seen that. You sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> I've been around enough athletes to know. I know. I've got a couple homies. I know what's, what's the bird. Man, that's that's the bird. No, I'm just he's See, right. He's I'm, right. I'm just being funny. I know he's, he's, not, he's right because lying. that's a difference. Christian is the politician of the group of the two, right? I'm... I'm 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 the preacher man, but I'm the real man that I just speak the truth. Whether it's you know, it don't have to be political correct. Correct, it is what it is. And I Come know on. when you're you in think, L.A. and I know the dudes call. out in L.A. and I know as a 18 to 32 year old because I'm saying 32 now because these kids playing 12 years in college. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Listen, they gonna be out there sniffing, and this look, is what I'm look, talking Corey. about. These things happen. Corey, if if yes, Isaiah Bond sent out a, a DM. And College Station, you think you're not looking in L.A.? Come on, man. <laughs> All right, I'm going. Y'all have a good day. Have a good day. Appreciate it, bro. He oh, is so man. right. Oh, no, he's definitely right. I don't know if a, a lot of our, some of our listeners might not necessarily know what he means, but he, he's he's 100% right. I mean, that, that, that's the thing. With social media and all this stuff nowadays, you know, you put the location out there. I mean, just so people know where you're at, right? So that... Now all the girls that follow these guys are going to be like, "Oh, they're in L.A. Let's let's try to link up." It, he, he's yeah. not wrong. He's not. He's not wrong. He's not how wrong. Many, how many? Did y'all have room checks every night? At of course, days? absolutely. Come on now. I mean, if, if y'all had if, curfew every we night, had curfew the first night. It might be the first two nights. First two nights are a little bit later. 
I mean, when I say later, They're I think like it might be like, one. oh, heck no, 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 whoa, <laughs> 12, brother, like, come on now. Oh, okay. Yeah, come on now, you think, just, no, ain't nobody roaming the streets till two, look, Coach Saban has, said, has a saying, he's said this for years, nothing good goes on past midnight. He said he says that every year, and he, yeah, exactly. Well, back, back got my day, just depending on what on. you were saying, <laughs> back when I was a, a center and have any grace, there was a lot of stuff that went on good after midnight. Okay, but. Good, it might have been good. Yeah, it might have, might have been good personally. Back in the the time, it it might have been good at the time personally, but but realistically, it's bad. It's not beneficial to you, your team, or any of that good. So it might feel good, but that I mean it's good. Okay, sorry. Nah, nah, hold on. I'm gonna say something that this is a true story, and I'm gonna get the timing wrong. Listen, we had meetings one time about trips. Right, and it was in the pros, and the meeting was about they really didn't even like our wives coming to games because the meeting was about the people who have this guy and the lady was telling us about the risk if you have relations before games, mm. and they were saying we prefer you not to be have relations before game. That's why a lot of coaches didn't want players to stay home with their wives but get away from the wives. And, and get to the hotels and not have any kind of relations. Mm. So I know these bowl trips, because I know, and I didn't have Instagram and all this stuff when I played. Oh, God. But no, now, all of you put the locations where you at. Y'all on the swipe left, swipe right, swipe up, swipe down, blah, 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 whatever they do. And this is why I said the mindset, not just football, but I'm saying overall, you in L.A., where the most beautiful women are located in Los Angeles, in California, they eat fish tacos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they do roller skate. So my point is Alabama better have their head on right. That's why I like move them. I don't care what hotel. Find a hotel out in the middle of the bottom of the foothill of the mountain or something. <laughs> I mean, put them right there because... You want them dudes to keep their mind right, to keep this whole business. That's all I'm well, saying. I, KJ yeah. gets it. No, he does get it, but, I mean, I'll take it a step further. I mean, nowadays, I mean, they really don't even have to, to put their location like that because realistically, these girls, they know when people are coming to town, especially L.A. They Look, man, they, they, they all, everybody in that town knows, oh, Alabama's playing Michigan. And so what do they do? Girls nowadays, man, they... They they go on the hunt. They're gonna go and look at Alabama's roster. They're gonna say, "Oh, who do I think is attractive?" Then they're gonna find them on. So, listen, man. So you're right. They do need to, you know, make sure they keep their head in the game. Because I mean, look. I mean, I've never really been out to LA. I've been to California, but I can only imagine the type of distraction. I've been a minute time. Yeah, I mean, it's probably similar to a Miami, and we all know. I mean, there's all the story. I mean, I don't know if Ryan wants to come on and <laughs> talk about his uh, <laughs> his story about. Uh, did he have a story taking the uh, taking the, the train? or the bus home from, uh-huh. from, from Miami. I'm just saying. So you better keep your mind right. Let's go. Let's go. We got one, one more phone call and, and get up out of here. But, but these are real things, though. I know people, what does this got to do with the game? It has a lot to do with the game. And when these guys, even before holdouts and opt-outs and transfer portal, I'm just trying to tell you, them dudes in that locker room, you got a bunch of dudes that they like a, they like a, a pack of wolves. They go on hunting. And, and and when they go hunting, hunting becomes more important than the game. That's all I'm saying. Let's go to Tommy and Ramos. Tommy, I know that, I know you want to follow this conversation. Yes, yes. Like the you, you know all about this. Exactly how my father <laughs> put it. But after midnight clause, he kind of put it this way. You ain't got lucky by midnight. You ain't gonna get lucky after midnight. Come home before you get you know what in trouble with the law or me. So that boy is pretty good advice. That's great advice. Yeah, but I have yeah, yeah. I couldn't say the A word, but like you said, if you ain't gonna get lucky before midnight, you're not. You better have you, you know what, home because the law of me is gonna be talking to you. <laughs> so, uh, you hey, Tommy, it reminds me of the poor dude at the club. You see, <laughs> yeah, it's about, it's about 118. 
hit and they start playing that song. Happy trails to you until you know you got the last dance with your girl, and then you got a couple of dudes over there still on the wall at one eighteen. So that what you said, like bro, at one eighteen, you done. You might as well go home because you finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like my father said, after you said happy trail, he said Roy Roger and Dale's not coming to save you, so get on home. <laughs> Rod Trigger or whatever the horse was, I can't remember. I just, just wave bye-bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> I probably, I forgot what else I was going to say. I guess it's not important because I'm out. Y'all getting to be like Ron Powell. Y'all try to get me in the weeds. <laughs> well, you're in the weeds, bro, because we got 35 seconds to go. <laughs> well, I hope y'all hey. had a Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you more. I don't have uh, enough time. We'll be more serious this. tomorrow. We'll be more serious tomorrow, I promise you, man. All right, man. I'll have All a good right. one. Talk to you have later. a good one. Tommy. There you go. Tommy and Robbins. Listen, but this is good stuff. If you don't think this is good stuff, and you don't think it's real stuff, something's wrong. That's right. This, Noah, this Noah's is the right even, stuff. Noah's even got to close the song. I feel like I'm leaving the bar in a college town right now. It's that same damn song everybody plays. So real quick, before we get out of here, got to remind you about our good friends over at Spine and Sport Chiropractic. If you need that alignment, that adjustment, want to just feel better than ever, feel fresh, go check out Brian McDonald and his team over at Spine and Sport Chiropractic. They're right here in the heart of West Alabama. So go check them out. They offer that quality chiropractic services for chronic conditions, injuries, sports-related trauma, and more. Again, right here. So contact Dr. Brian McDonald and his team at 205-345-8102. Again, we are presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art sport experts. If you're in any type of pain, foot pain, knee pain, or back pain, go check out our good friends over at the Good Feet Store in Midtown Village where they will supply you with their premium art supports that are designed to eliminate and alleviate all types of pain. So go check them out. It's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. They've helped me and my dad out tremendously after playing football for so many years, helping us get rid of that pain by offering mm-hmm. us those premium art supports. So go check them out. Douglas over there will take good care of you. If you want to schedule an appointment, go to goodfeet.com. Again, that's Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. All right, we've got to get up out of here for Noah Haynes, Christian Miller, Corey Miller, Pastor Payne. Remember, Tommy and Roman said that his daddy, uncle, whoever told him, grandpappy, nothing good happens after midnight. So, uh, but a lot of good happens after this show. Doing sports and then Ron Fowler, who's, uh, out there in California. So they'll be coming up next following this program right here on the Tide 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC. God bless everybody. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back in about 23 hours. See you then. You've been listening to the Miller's Edge, tackling sports daily. 